Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and joining me as always is Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now we're going to look back a little bit at last weekend because there was another horrendous decision in the Longford and Finn Harps game. It just kind of shows the poor standard, and this is not a, an, an isolated incident in referees' decisions, Nathan. No, it's not, and I think that's the frustrating thing about it, isn't it? Where look, mistakes can happen in football, whether you be a player or a referee, but. The, the standard of officiating in the League of Ireland ever since like I've been going to games now on a consistent basis since 2003 and this has always been an issue the refereeing the, the standard of refereeing in this country and you could even look at the, the league up in Northern Ireland and over in Britain over in Scotland in England yeah, Wales it's, it's just been absolutely awful but look coming back early yeah, it, it's, it's definitely an ongoing issue like you said going back to the game uh, been half against Longford up in Valley Buffet over the weekend Longford's first goal if, for anyone that, that hasn't seen the clip good God well first of all go check it out because like words are not doing justice how how baffling you know, got this decision wrong how blatant it was Nathan it's blatant it's... The off, it was miles offside not only the, 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 how blatant of an offside it was the Lions man flagged for offside rightfully flagged for offside but the, the, the referee completely Went against his mind's man's decision. The ref was Ben Connolly. Ben, yeah, it was Ben Connolly. Yeah, uh, Ben Connolly completely uh, went against one of his linesmen and gave the goal. And the decision was absolutely crazy. And again, even this season, we've seen it with Sean McRoberts against Derry with the throw-in situation that led to Rory Gaffney's goal in that game. And yeah, that's definitely two incidents off the top of my head because it certainly isn't an isolated incident in this league. No, and there the two I've kind of had a look at. Ben Connolly's now, he's a fourth official for this weekend's game against Derry, uh, Derry and Waterford. I think it was Graham Kelly, was it? Graham Kelly for the Shamrock Rovers game. And that was on the, the 15th of May. And that was an absolutely disastrous. They took the throw in probably 20, 30 yards, about 30 yards up the pitch. It was just, it was unbelievable. I'm looking at the games and I went and had a look and see when he refereed again so he refereed again the 29th this is a Graham Kelly after the Shamrock Rovers game I said I wonder if there was any action you know but he refereed on the 29th which is two weeks later now generally there's a, a rotation there so I didn't get to see if he was an assistant or a fourth official but more than likely that's exactly where he was then he was on on the 11th so it looks like it's like nearly a week on week off kind of thing with some of the referees referees need to be a little bit fearful when they're making these, letting these things go, because that's exactly what's after happening with that with that throw in, uh, with this decision from Ben Connolly. It was it was a blatant header. He could have probably said that he thought the defender headed it. It didn't even look like that the first time around. No. So I don't know how he would have got that. And I'm I'm looking at Graham Kelly's here after the Shamrock Rovers game. He in that game he had three yellow cards and two red cards. The following game that he did was Bowes and Waterford. He had a red card and five yellows. Then it was six yellows and then three yellows, which is, is probably fine enough. It's a lot of yellow cards and, and red cards that, that to be dishing out. And I'm just wondering, is there any pressure being put on these referees when they make an absolute hames of it? Like, I mean, surely there should be some sort of, you know, not, not punishment's not what I'm looking for. Because as you said, everyone makes mistakes. But if I'm playing in the game, 
or if, if I'm up centre forward and I'm missing chances or if I'm in the back line and I'm I'm making an arse of back passes I'm, I'm not playing the next game you know there's consequences so there should be some sort of consequences for, for these referees and, and for decisions like that the blatant ones they're just that they're so poor yeah exactly and the same it's the consequences is the word you know there has to be consequences for these actions and there has to be even if there are internal investigations uh, from the FEI or whatever I mean, the, or the correct authorities just to sitting down and go through the decision and go through the decision making process that was going through the referee's head at the time because look like we said it happens but this, that decision especially uh, the Finn Hatton Longford game was absolutely baffling there's no way I, I cannot wrap my head around I know sometimes you see decisions and you sort of sympathise and in the, spe- in the you know the speed of the moment and the, during the match situation it might be difficult to see but that was no way that was blatantly incorrect decisions so you really you need to sit down and go through with, with the likes of Connolly that made the decision what was the thought process going through Ted's time and like you're saying and every on every fan would tell you this every long term fan would be able to tell you this that this it's, it's just a constant ongoing issue and the thing is zero attempt to improve it like what, what does, it, does it come down to better education should there be better support for the local referee observers at grassroots level how can you support like that saying, though, Nathan? Should, I'm looking at the, the referee. There should be, but I'm looking at the referee, Ben, and he's he's five, seven yards away from where the Longford player heads it on. And you're t- thinking, how can you miss that? How can you actually yeah. miss that from seven yards away? You know, we, we always say, oh, we're not out in the pitch and it's, it's, it's hard, you know. But I, I'm not sure. And the linesman has flagged offside as well. So yeah. he's gone against that totally. And and it didn't even look like the Finn Harps player went. And, and, and not that he didn't attempt to. He did put a challenge in, but it didn't look like he went to head the ball. He looked like he put a challenge in shoulder. It never looked like it at all. Not one moment. Okay, yeah, he's after. He could have, he could have headed this ball back. So... You look at him now, he's he's the fourth official net this week. It looks like that's a little, just take him out of limelight and then he's going to be back in and it's kind of, I've seen this in, in Leinster Senior League referees uh, and really referees can't be touched. There's no, if, if referees, it's not even making bad decisions. I totally understand referees, especially in, in amateur level, making bad decisions because they don't have lines when they don't have anyone helping them. It, it's tough to keep an eye on absolutely everything. But it's the attitude of referees in, in those levels. You know, they're really, yeah. really sort of like staunch headmasters and you won't tell me what to do or, you know, I, I'm the boss here. And But without any sort of communication or, or what have you. And I'm just wondering, when, when they graduate up to League of Ireland, obviously the best of referees come through these leagues. When they graduate up to League of Ireland, what are the, what are the changes for them? Are they still protected as if referees you're never wrong and you just keep doing it it's it's a hard job but no consequences at all or, or are they sort of like listen you have to have a level here and if the level isn't met you know you're for artificial for the next four weeks doesn't seem like that though yeah and look even though I was looking there where, while you were chatting just to you know some of the basic requirements that are, are met and obviously the fitness side of things need to be on point and that's what the FBI uh, what I'm looking at here that a lot of it is, is holding in that but there's nothing about communication. And communication is, is, is part and parcel of the job itself. Like you said, like down at amateur level, you can't even talk to these people. Whether you be a coach or a player, or, or you're in on both sides with a coach very briefly, but you, you can't speak to these people. It's just hand in the face, won't, it won't interest you. 
we're that's only going to heat the issue even more. You know that you can't even say a piece that can be frustrating. It really can be, and it's. Do you know what? For me, a lot of it is, and I'm actually going to point one out here in a minute. It's common sense. Uh, it just doesn't seem to come into play that too often um, with officiating in the league. That's not to be mean. It, it's, it's just but look, like I said, little example I have for you. Did you see the, the what happened um, at the Cabin Tilly and Jotter on the 15th game over the weekend? I see, I, I seen I I only seen that player got injured. He obviously got injured and putting the tackle in or whatever it was. I didn't see the incident and he got sent off. Was it or get going yeah. off on the stretcher? Yeah, so the, the Cabin Tilly goalkeeper, uh, under fifteen goalkeeper, was shown a second yellow card. So he booked twice and he was shown a red card while on a stretcher on the way out to an ambulance. Now, I, see, I, I did see the challenge and it was a 50-50 tackle between uh, the goalkeeper and the drop of the United player. Look, these things can happen and if if you must, and I know referees, you have to avoid with the law and I, I, I understand that. I understand these, these, that this is just something that you have to do. When you have to show the red card, okay, all be it. But even just looking at the photo that's the source and common sense have to come into play. This is a kid that's been stretched into an ambulance and he's flashing a red card in his face like this. Surely this is something that you could go over to one of the coaches, pull them aside, let them know, look, I'm going to send them off. You're down to 10 men, put it in, in his match report, whether then going over and doing the physical action in a young man's face. Now, it, t- thankfully, the, the young lad, Keen Kelly, I think, is the, the young goalkeeper's name. Uh, he's on the bend and he, he, plenty of uh, positive messages coming out about that, that, you know, the injury hopefully isn't too bad, but... Yeah, for me, it's just a, a severe lack of common sense in situations like what I just presented there, and a severe lack of communication in the case of the, the Finn Harts and Lompoc game. That yeah. definitely needs to be improved on. Referees have to make the decision. They have to make the right decision. They have to follow the rules in making that right decision. So their procedure is, is this has he broken any rule in the game? If he has, I have to follow the right procedure. So if they didn't give a yellow card and they should have given a yellow card, well, I suppose, do they get punished? <laughs> you know, they probably won't go up the levels, but do they actually get punished? Do they go down levels? You know, and you just don't, you just don't know that and you just, and you don't see that, especially in the League of Ireland, you don't see it. And just on, on, on uh, that decision, uh, Ben Connolly's decision, I don't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Nathan. I don't remember seeing him going over and talking to his linesman about it. No, no, not at all. Again, it comes down to the communication issue. I'm the same as you. I was when I I didn't see it live. I was watching a different game, and like every, everything else nowadays, there was I seen it coming through on social media, and thinking, you know, oh god, that's, that's a crazy decision like that. Sure, he's going to go over and have a chat with his linesman. The linesman put his flag up straight away. He had no doubt about it. No doubt. And unvoicely so, because everyone could see that it was, it was just a completely wrong decision to give the goal. Yeah, baffled me that he didn't go over talk to anybody. It was just, yeah, it, it, I don't want to keep tra- backtracking and going back on what I'm saying, but yeah, communication was, was a major issue. And, you know, it's, it's an officiating team and you have to work together as a team because, you know, you have the benefit there of having lines, man. Like I said, these things I want to afford uh, at amateur level. So they have the nine men there. They have the extra set of eyes. Use them. Go and, and, and chat to your teammates and they'll be able to get you out, out of a situation that you clearly got wrong. You know, going through some comments about it and people asking the questions. Does this standard of refereeing will it put people off leagues? And I've seen people, you know, oh, well, we could introduce extra technology like VAR and things like that coming to the league in the future. 
but that's not going to help the situation either, you know? Like, the standard of refereeing is bad, just on, on a general level, which I feel it is bad in this country, in, in this league. Winning technology isn't going to help on them because they're still going to have a poor standard of refereeing using this technology. So the decision making process is still going to be slow and it's still going to be wrong. So that's not going to change much either. It has to go back to improved education, improved communication, and like you said, consequences for making bad decisions. Yeah, there needs to be accountability. And when those referees make those decisions, the big, big decisions, we're not talking about. Uh, a yellow card here that probably shouldn't have been the yellow card or you know even sometimes the red cards that are 50-50 and you're going well I don't think it was and someone else is thinking yeah I do think it's the blatant absolutely diabolical decisions like the one at the weekend like the one Shamrock Rovers and Derry City they're the ones you have to be accountable for and there doesn't seem to be anything there to make referees accountable for their actions and their decisions and then how does a referee improve? How does he look to improve? Where is the motivation? There can't be any if you're just going to be let go, whatever you want. So, yeah, no, that's something that I suppose we're going to, we, have, we have to keep talking about and we have to keep an, an eye out on it. Yeah. Uh, again, football is nothing without referees, but you certainly do want, like the players, you want everything and the clubs and everything. You want the level rising. You definitely want the level rising with the referees. Okay, uh, the player of the month for June nominations were out. Andy Boyle, Dundalk, Georgie Kelly, Bowes, Alfie Lewis, St. Pat's, Eric Malloy, Waterford, Will Patching, Derry City and Ross Tierney, Bowes. Nathan, who should have been in there? Who is in there that you think is going to win this? Well, for me, there's only one winner, and it's George Kelly. He's man got four goals during the month of June. Four of those goals coming in a fantastic display against Strotter. Um He's the improvement of him too, which we talked about. You know, we are very critical of him, and I always say, rightly so. I think that. If we were to come on here and run these great people, then, you know, we're not doing ourselves justice and we're not doing the fine people that listen justice. So, you know, we, we do have to give out criticism when, when it's needed to, but in fairness to Georgie, he's, he's looked like an absolute fantastic player. He's, the improvement has been excellent. He looked like a shell of, of his form as Dundalk himself at the start of the season. It's just the physicality, the finishing, everything was just off. But he seemed to really click. And now he wasn't, everybody had an off day against Floyd Rovers and that's he missed Judy. Um, he, was, he was probably the busiest out of the bowl squad that day but yeah but forgetting that Sligo game aside George Kelly for me has to win the player in June I think you could have a better conversation though which we will in, in a few minutes about players that have been missing but yeah I want to get your take who do you think is going to win it? Well it's going to be very boring because I think Georgie as well if you're going to score goals like he scored goals against the team that he, teams that he scored goals against and uh, really pushing Bowls back up the table. We were disappointed with how his performances were. Uh, generally, I think he's torn things around. I don't think that he's anywhere near being player of the year, you know, or anything like that. He has to be consistent in his performances. So, so far he hasn't. If he can be consistent from now till the end of the season, it's a different conversation. But for the month of June, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at yeah, Andy Boyle, uh, Dundalk haven't been uh, amazing and I've watched them a, a, a good few times they have t- changed things around but yeah no Andy Boyle doesn't do it for me no, Alfie Lewis no. uh, Alfie Lewis as you said had played a, a, f- a couple of good games but th- there was more than a couple of games in June 
again Eric Malloy Will Patchen Ross Tierney Ross Tierney is probably the one that would be the closest to Georgie Kelly for me because uh, in fairness to him I think he has been consistent uh, I don't have Patchen up close I have to be honest uh, I think Patchen has been absolutely fantastic at Derby City um, he's we're going to talk about transfers later, but yeah, look, I'm sure people know by now that he's been a call by Dundalk um, from his loan move up in Derry. He's going to be a huge loss to Derry City. He really, really is. He's been, he's been the best player for me this season, hands down. Uh, I thought he had a, had a brilliant month. Anthony Lewis, yeah, I, I don't know if it is a bit of past boys coming into me. I thought he's been absolutely excellent since he broke into the, the starting 11. I'd be happy enough to see him in there. Andy Boyle for me, I agree. Not really for me. Uh, Eric Malloy, why he did do well for Waterford. I think actually his teammate Adam O'Reilly might feel a little bit hard done by that he didn't get the nod instead of uh, instead of Malloy because I think Adam O'Reilly has been absolutely brilliant. Again, he's been recalled to Preston uh, from his long move to Waterford and Waterford are going to miss him very, very badly because he's been excellent since, since the, the start of the season. Even when Waterford are struggling, himself and Jamie Maskell were one of the two very limited voice backs then a Waterford when they were struggling badly So who do you think is missing out or who do you think there's been plenty of talk from especially Sligo Rovers fans they think that there's a, a few players from their team I, I can't really agree with that No no I cannot I really can't and there's, there's one name popping up is Johnny Kenny and I can't you know he had an absolute storm against Bohemians he got two goals um, I won't give it a hat-trick because the second one was my own goal. Um, I'm sure Johnny would be good to know I won't give him the hat-trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, well, one great game of a month doesn't justify it for me. For sure um, he wasn't getting into the side? No, he, he only started uh, two games for the entire month. So, no, not for me. As, as good as, as, he did, as he played against Bowles. And he's a very exciting prospect, but no. Uh, I think Brian Brennan or Shells has got shafted here. They really do. Got three goals in three games. He's been instrumental for a shell bowling team that is actually running the muck in the fourth division now at the moment. Uh, and Michael O'Connor had another, another good month. Probably not, probably wouldn't have put Michael O'Connor into the conversation, but he did have a good month. But yeah, Ryan Brennan for me, he's, he's the one that got very hard done by. And do you know what? As well, you're probably going to get a lot of similar names. They're going to throw in a little curveball. And I can understand why he's not going to be in here because uh, Longford has been so bad and, and you know, so yeah, I can see some goals on it. Very rapid basis, but I think Aaron Driscoll has been brilliant for Longford at the back this season. He's been the one voice back for me, um, holding that team together. He's been the one performer that's been actually consistent with him. And it's players that you feel feel bad for, you know, seeing Longford playing as bad as we are and getting how many bad results he are because Aaron Driscoll for me, yeah, he's been excellent this season. Normally, they don't give you a nomination unless you've been, uh, I suppose, your team yeah. are getting the points on the board. So, if it's been a good one for your team and you've played well and been part of that, then, you know, it, I suppose if you're drawn a few games and it's not very inspirational from your team, but you've been playing over your skin, yeah, they, they, they don't normally give you that kind of uh, nod. So, but yeah, good to give him a shout, absolutely. Okay, Paddy Power donating money to Irish grassroots for every England goal scored at the Euros. Nathan, what do we know about this so far? That's 40 grand. Yes, you're setting me up nicely there. That's uh, part of the Save Our Game campaign that Paddy Power have set up. Um, unfortunately, they, they didn't take the most free scoring teams. England only scored two goals in the group stages. Uh, one against Czech Republic and one against Croatia. So that comes to 20,000 uh, euros so far. 
And in fairness, they've stuck by the word and, and they'd already started to dish that out. Look, I'll give you a quick run through of the teams and uh, what I went for. Um, Void Freer United down at Waterford. Their clubhouse has now been, well, it's in the process now being rebuilt after going down in May due to uh, an electrical fault. Celtic Park in Dublin, uh, they've got pitch maintenance. This is mental. This is just probably amateur football all over. The pitch has actually been used as a helipad for Bowman Hostel, which is near boys. So the pitch has actually become that compromise. There's been several uh, Celtic Park players over the past couple of weeks that have actually picked up bad injuries because the, the pitch is that bobbly and just lumps missing. And games have even had to be in pause because the helicopter is landing on the pitch in this game. So, yeah, Celtic Park, they're, they're going to get pitch maintenance done badly needed for the sounds of it. Bally Money United, also in Dublin, they're getting everyday essentials in, you know, net balls, bids, cones, these are things that you know as well, Roy, that you can, these might sound basic, but you need them to survive, and you need them to run your team, and they do not come cheaply. Nothing's uh, free Kilbury on this Rangers, planet, Nathan. No, no, so, Kilbury Rangers, also in Waterford, um, this is just everyday club courses to survive. Again, showing, like you said, nothing comes for free, and, and the financial difficulties that come with one inside that amount level. Carrick Town and Leitrim, they get new training equipment in. Kill FC, which is a brilliant name from, from uh, Galway, uh, getting match balls. And Lenamore and Kerry are getting brand new nets. So, yeah, look, a lot of them, like we're saying, might sound basic as equipment and everyday items, but you badly need them. And when you're at, at a level like that and the, the money isn't coming in, you have no match day revenue or things like that, this has been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, Betting companies can, can get a bad rap sometimes, but during the Paddy Power, this is a brilliant initiative, it's a brilliant campaign. They've, um, they've guaranteed 100,000 euro uh, at minimum to a kitty, so there's going to be 100,000 euro pumped into grass, Irish grassroots football. So, yeah, look, if anyone's listening in and they feel as a local club, my, you know, they could do with a bit of a dig out or they, they have a project that needs funding, reach out to Paddy Power, you can get them at Save Our Game at paddypower.com. Um, just yeah, it, it, this isn't a paid promotion or anything. We just we, me and Roy, we, we have a big passion for all things Irish football, not just the League of Ireland. So if anyone is listening, reach out to them. You never know your club could be coming in with a couple of quid for a well needed project or just some everyday essential items. It's unbelievable how well they promote themselves, isn't it? How many times did you say Paddy Power and there it is again in that in that the advertisement they're putting in? They just know how to, to press all the right buttons and. Uh, I mean, this was always a gimmick. Um, there was always a promotional thing, you know, and uh, they probably would have to pay, pay 10 times over for the amount of times people are talking about them. But if there's money going into grassroots football, uh, we'll accept yeah. that. And uh, if yeah. there's a minimum 100,000, I think people will now probably, with England not scoring so many, there'll be a lot of people out there wishing England were out now. Because <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. see them scoring too much know, more. <laughs> And I, I, and I can already hear the counter-argument is, you know, well, well, this is a company that makes, you know, 100,000 in a couple of hours. Well, look, they're doing it, you know. Like like I said, who are we to argue if they actually pump the money into grassroots football? I suppose, look, why am I talking about it? It's all the controversial issue, wasn't it? Like the association of betting companies in football. What do you think about it? Do you think betting companies like Paddy Power have a place in football? Do you think... Like advertisement, do you think they should be advertising themselves, you know, in in stadiums and on television during the games? What do you make of it? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know, because I mean, it, should should we talk about alcohol? Talk about um, 
you know, cigarettes, you can talk about uh, sugar companies and, and anything with sugar in them. So that's including, you know, the, the Cadbury's, the Nestle's and they're all getting something here from us. But where do you stop it? Like at, at one time, yeah. f- uh, fat was the, the biggest evil. So anything that had more than 20% fat or 15% fat in it, would they to be banned as well? I, I just wonder where, where we stop with it all. Um, I, I think there is a certain time of the day that advertising from a, say, you know, part, past nine o'clock, if there's advertising up at uh, past nine o'clock, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't see the problem. I do think oh, I've seen lots of different things, uh, ads for different things that I would look at and go, what's that doing on in between, you know, Peppa Pig or whatever the hell it is, you know. Yeah. You know, there's certain things, you know, you shouldn't be targeting certain, you know, eight times and, and, and age groups. I totally understand that, you know, because people are very easily swayed and not just kids, adults can be very easily swayed. Yeah. I do think, though, at a stage when you're an adult, you have to make up your own mind and, and I know people say you know well you know drink is a terrible thing it is if you're an alcoholic it's a terrible thing but there is loads of people out there who can drink and who aren't alcoholics uh, smoking you're an adult you know what smoking does to you you know if you don't after nine o'clock if there's smoking ads on you know what smoking does to you you know what's possibly going to do to you and you know your life is probably more than likely going to end quicker than it should do because you're smoking but for kids, yeah, there should be nothing there for kids. There should be no, no. So for football teams, I find, yeah, I do find it hard to have, um, you know, clubs support. You know, obviously, you don't, Heineken across the front of a football jersey or uh, Paddy Powers or, you know, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a family game and... Yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely one of those things that I think that, yeah, there's probably certain things that it shouldn't be there. But then, as I said, you can go into the, to the you know, the amount of sugar that people, obesity is a huge thing now. So, yeah. you know, it, it, does that mean that anything with sugar in it now, you know, you, you can't be sponsored by? And you look at Coca-Cola, that's one of the biggest ones in the Euros that they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, like. You can't ignore the addictive nature of gambling. I, I look completely under, like, I've, I've know people that have struggled with it badly and it ruins lives, you know, financially and mentally, you know, it does ruin lives and it, it's crazy where, you know, you could probably pick out a, a, a drug addict, you could probably pick out an alcoholic, you know, like, the physical, you know, uh, traits that come with, with, with those addictions. But gambling, there isn't. I think that's the hidden secret behind it. But yeah, you, you do have to find the balance of addiction but also personal responsibility as an adult. And, you know, love it or hate it, these are, these are legal companies. Like, you know, gambling isn't, it's not crime. In betting shops like this, you know, in, in the, in, in the voice, the stages is not a crime. So I think the issue is more so offering affordable service and affordable rehabilitation to people that are struggling with gambling addiction rather than outright criminalizing it. Because like I said, people can go for a point. People can smoke, people can gamble, and you can do it on, you know, you can do it at, at their own leisure. And just because, you know, you, you smoke, just because you have a point, you're not going to become straight addicted to it. It just doesn't happen for all people. And look, my heart goes, and don't want to sound like, you no, know, not emphasizing the people here. My heart goes out to people that struggle with any sort of addiction. But yeah, I, I think you just have to find the balance of addiction and personal responsibility, you know. 
it can be a tough one too. Like you said, where where does the line stop? Do you, do you stop that, uh, McDonald lads? Well, on this one, have a look at this one, Nate. Uh, yeah, what about this one? The Paddy Power. This one here, the Paddy Power one. Yeah, I mean, that's all over the place. It's all, all over every paper. Yeah. They're talking about it on the news and everything, that they're supporting gra- gra- grassroots football. So everyone's hearing about it. So should should they be allowed to, you know, sp- sponsor, which is what they're doing. They're actually they're sponsoring grassroots football. So should they be allowed like have all that publicity about it because the name is out there now and everyone's talking about Paddy Bear in the in a car and a thing you know they're all talking about it so it, it's it's free advertisement all the time you know actually uh, I don't know we, we chatted about this even off the podcast and look disagree you can jump in with your own views do you remember at the start of the season there was talk of SFA Tristy not renewing the sponsorship of the league yeah. I said it to a couple of people I actually wouldn't mind seeing Paddy Power going in and sponsoring the league just for the fact that in his marketing we're, me and you, we're sitting here talking about it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> like two idiots. And they're on the pulse, you know. We can say what you will, but it is, for better or worse, it's a trendy brand because they mark themselves to, not not fully, but the demographic is marked themselves to younger men. That You know, and if you look at the demographic of, of people that go to games, a lot of them are younger men. They're clearly willing to invest some sort of money with, with this campaign here. You know, we see with his main show sponsors for St. Pat's for two years, uh, 2007, 2009. They had the banners up in Tallis Stadium last year, which again caught a lot of traction. So they get people talking. You know, say what you will about gambling addiction. And again, just uh, not being, you know, not dismissing that. You can't dismiss that. You, you simply can't. But by looking at it from a marketing side of view and, you know, investment and the fact you get people talking, I don't know. I don't think if Paddy Power were to come in future and sponsor the league, personally, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. Okay, and what about what about the young? Everyone looks at the Premier League. They look at the League of Ireland. They're idols. Whoever they're going to watch. What about those young players who are walking around with those jerseys with Paddy Power on the front of it, and then it, it, they uh, it's kind of in their face all the time, you know? And and that's subliminal kind of message is being sent out there all the time. Um, do we want to encourage more people going out to, to gamble? Do we want to encourage more people, you know, drinking Coca-Cola, drinking Heineken, smoking? Where where do we stop? What what, what At what stage do you stop? Yeah, look, look, look of course you don't want to be uh, pushing our kids around towards gambling. But yeah, you, you talk the words that we meant. We advertise, like I said, McDonald's, we advertise Starbucks. Cyberbullying figures are through the bloody roof since the, the age of social media. So, we you know, we stop banning the likes of TikTok, so we stop banning the likes of so we stop advertising the likes of TikTok, so we stop advertising the likes of Instagram. You know, the book has to stop somewhere. And again, it's, it's not to discount anybody's struggling right now. Jesus, it must be an absolute nightmare to live with. But there's, there's ways to come in. You know, we, we've seen that, uh, I know over in England and Scotland, there's a ban, and, you know, you, you, you can't advertise. Like alcohol on did you remember I think was a tenants used to I used to where the parent away Celtic and under the age of eighteen you couldn't have tenants on it on the kids' jersey and things like that, you know. While it's not ideal then there is little little things stopping them, you know, from outright advertising to kids on jerseys and, and, and things like that. And on merchandise more so than in in and around the stadium. Yeah, because you look, I know we're going across the water, but you look across the water, I'm not sure what the rules are here, but 
there wasn't the Premier League stopped I think it was from 2018 17, 18 there was no alcohol company allowed on sponsors uh, jerseys in in the Premier League uh, you had loads remember you used to have cars for Chelsea and I think yeah there's, there's a good few I think Blackburn had someone as well McKeown's or something like that but where where does it stop like I mean does it does it does it make that big a difference to youngsters I suppose it, it does because I mean I wanted a coke <laughs> when I seen Ronaldo pushing him away I was thinking I don't even like coke and I wouldn't mind a coke now <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm not sure his thing worked that time but uh, so you think that if you bring Paddy Power in to sponsor the league yes of course the money would go great but you don't think do you think it wouldn't affect how younger people would approach gambling no, I wouldn't say that. I'm saying that I obviously wouldn't want to push kids towards it. I think we're because that's advertising for it. That's how advertising works, and that's how even away from the likes of you know alcohol and uh, smoking and betting companies, you know, even toy companies when they do it around Christmas time. That's just how advertising works to get kids' attention. It's with the the bright colours. That's how McDonald's is, is a such a global phenomenon now. Is with the colours. It's with you know putting a clown at that main mascot. It's, it's all to get kids to come in in the door. And, that's what the market's towards. And unfortunately, that is going to be the downside if you had the likes of Paddy Power coming into a main sponsor with the League of Ireland. But getting away from that, you know, it's it, it, there can't be benefits towards it. There can't. And they're not going to please everybody if they have a link up with a betting association and they do understand that deal. But yeah, just on the marketing side and investment side and getting people talking, these are all things that we've talked about here on the podcast and on the sports bars, what's something that the League of Ireland definitely needs. And I just don't think we're really in a position as a league be toned down if the upper walls come in in the future. Okay, it's, it's it's an interesting one. It's something that pro- probably will bring back up again because there has been so much, I suppose, so many backs turned to any sort of product or uh, label or you know company that may have an addictive nature. Again, i.e., alcohol, cigarettes, uh, sugar hasn't been one of them, which I'm I'm really really interested yeah. to understand why it yeah, wouldn't be because yeah. the world is becoming a much more obese uh, place than it's ever been before. Uh, gambling, like I've, I don't know how you are with it, Nathan. For me, I can take it or leave it. I can put a bet on. I'm fine. I'm one of those people that's fine. I think if you have an addictive nature. Yeah. You're you're screwed. No matter what happens, anyhow, if you see an ad, you don't see an ad, and doesn't make a damn of a difference. I think there's, uh, I'm not sure. I think there's le- plenty of people I know who can put a bet on and don't need to put any more bets on. So, um, you know, there's plenty of people I know who can go down and have a drink and, and not have a and not have a problem. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, it's it is. I think it is a tough one, uh, and I think sometimes you, you're you're you're, you're drifting towards nanny statism as well because. You know, there is a lot of people yeah. who are responsible and, and do look after themselves and, you know, and just some people are addictive. So uh, have that addictive nature. So, um, yeah, it's something for down the road, I think. OK, transfer stories. Yeah. Uh, do you have any you want to spin on? Because I was a bit stumped last week when uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Russell was mentioned. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't know. But I did. <laughs> the one I did see, obviously, today is Junior going back to Derry C. Yeah, yeah, long move until the end of the season from Dundalk. Uh, it just hasn't worked out from Dundalk, really, has it? He's only made four starts and he, he only played 90 minutes once uh, throughout his, his brief 18-game spell with, with them. Uh, yeah, with Derry City back in 2019 on loan from Colchester at that time, he finished up as a league top goal scorer in 2019 with 14 goals. 
like I said, there's been a desire. And even even before I went to Dundalk, a, a slider we just never really kicked for one reason or another. But, you know, it's probably a decent move for Derry City, considering that uh, Will Patchen is going the other way. Like you said earlier, he, he's heading back to, to Dundalk. And you can imagine he's going to slot himself into the starting 11 straight away because he's sort of played he badly made. So, yeah, maybe Junior could come in and be, and be a quick uh, replacement for Will Patchen. Yeah, and they, they needed to fill that gap as quickly as they possibly could, especially since they have turned their form around now and there's a there's a bit of consistency about Derry City now. So you're kind of hoping that Junior can... Because everyone likes to see a good a good player doing well and, and Junior has just struggled that little bit since he's been at Dundalk. But in all fairness, everyone struggled at Dundalk. So maybe we haven't seen the the back of the best of Junior. Anyone else, Nathan? Yeah, a couple of those quick fire ones as well. I, I have one little name one that I want to touch on, but a couple of quick fire ones. Just I seen it coming in today while we were getting ready for the show. Uh, yeah, Alfie Lewis signed back at St. Patrick's at the end of the season. He was alone from West Ham United. Um, but he, unfortunately for the lad, he was released from West Ham. He's been there since he's eight years old. So a long spell at West Ham coming up through the youth system. Yeah, like I said to you earlier, man, he, he really impressed me since he broke into the team. I think that midfield of, you know, himself, Forrest and Benson, it's absolutely vital if St. Pats are going to go on and be successful and challenge for the league this season, which, you know, they look like doing at the halfway mark. So here's hoping. Yeah, hope he, uh, the sign of Albi Lewis from the end of the season can do that. Another one here, you know, as they were waiting on me to come back, I'm actually slightly correspondent for now. <laughs> um, young lad Seamus Kyo has uh, returned to Sligo after three years at Southampton. He left when he was 16 uh, years old, went over to the Premier League club and hasn't really quite worked out with the lad. He's 19 now. He, he sort of struggled to make himself into four teams, struggled a little bit under the age system over the past couple of years. So, yeah, maybe a, 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 a return home to Sligo could be the best thing for him. You know, we see what Sligo can do with the younger lads. You know, we mentioned Johnny Kenny, um, John Matten, Ed McGinty, Mark Bourne. These are all lads that have been a product of the Sligo Rovers youth system. So, yeah, look, keep out for the name, Seamus Kjell, we could be the next one. So, this is the one that I was, uh, again, it's gone back to the past, it's probably a little bit biased on my end, but it's one that I haven't really seen being mentioned too much. Um, I think it was on the Irish Examiner, is where we actually picked it up. Uh, St. Pat's youngster, Glory and Ingo, looks like he's set to go to France, looks like he's going to go to Rennes, uh, the league on side, uh, uh, looking at the 17 year old. He made one senior appearance uh, for St. Pat's in a friendly game against Chelsea in 2019. And he was voted the FBI under 15 player of the year last season. He also won the under 19th title with St. Pat's back in December. Yeah, look. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely really is, you know. Um, I suppose this is probably the, the route it's going to be, isn't it? This, this is, you know, actually, we'll turn this into a little impromptu fan question for me if you don't mind because I'm a big fan of the show <laughs> um, look this is do you think this is going to be the new rule for young lads you know young Irish lads looking to go abroad with regs are coming in that, is that stopping any young lads going over until like 18, 18, 30 uh, you look at young lad here like, like Glory like 17 it's, it's probably the European clubs that are going to start picking them up now we've seen another young lad from Shamrock Rovers um, heading off to Inter Milan I think it was so this is probably the way forward for these young lads is it well, I, yeah, I definitely think so because I think there's going to be a lot of them who will make their way up through the League of Ireland and into the League of Ireland because there's still that platform there. There's even more so of a platform there because people look at the League of Ireland now. I know sometimes they're looking for the bargains and what have you, but there is a pathway through. So 
that's that's there. Uh, it, I think our league will improve because uh, players won't be going away so quickly and getting ruined, I suppose, over there because so a lot of players go over there, come back, you know, leave at 15, come back at 18, don't even play football again because all their dreams are washed away. So gaining experience here in Ireland is, is huge. So if they can go through from 15s to, to 18s, 19s and into the seniors teams, whether it's first division or, or premier division, they're going to gain huge amounts of experience and, and knowledge uh, from other players. But there is that route now into Europe and I don't think people are afraid to send their kids away to Europe. I just don't think they are. I think uh, the, the days where they, you know, were afraid to send them away to England and, you know, they wouldn't see them again. And, oh, and you know, there's going to be some parents who just, you know, it, it, it's going to kill them. But a lot of people now understand that these football clubs these are great opportunities and you only get these opportunities once in a lifetime and there's no difference between going to London and going to France. But you have to learn the language and sure, that's educational. So, yeah, I think so. I think th- these clubs will be looking at Ireland now and going, well, do you know what? This player has, has popped in, you know, and he's played well. I mean, Seamus Coleman's the, the, the ideal one. I know Seamus is there over in Everton for 12, 13 years or whatever it is. But you can get those gems out of Ireland. And again, with the League of Ireland having that structure of 15s, uh, 17s, 19s up to, to senior, there's a lot of talent out there. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that this is one that's going to be very interesting for the future. And with the, I suppose, with the English cutting their own, slitting their own throats, I think they're going to lose out bad, badly and, and hopefully that we can uh, benefit as well from players going away and learning a different style of football. Yeah, that, that's it as well, isn't it? You know, you go over to France, Italy or Spain, the, the, the culture of, of football is completely different. And, you know, not to disrespect, you no know, League 1 and League 2, they're a great standard as well. But even if somebody's young lads going to you know, Serie A clubs or La Liga clubs or whatever it may be, Bundesliga or whatever, and, you know, that's the... the, the Playing, they're, they're learning, they're playing, they're playing the underage system, they're learning at the highest level possible. So it's only going to benefit them going forward in the, in the careers. And then, like you said, in turn, because lads aren't going over to England straight away, someone, if that's their dream to go to England, they have to wait till 18 30. The, the clubs are getting longer out of them. But also, the lads are getting that little bit of extra seasoning that they might not, not have got. And it's all well and good, you know, being an absolutely fantastic footballer, but you know, between those teenage years, a lot of maturity also feel happens too. When if they're that extra year at home, you know, li- living under the parents' roof and playing for the local club, and you know, going to college or going to school or whatever it may be here in Ireland, that can only benefit them too. You know, also feel that they're not going over straight away when they're 15, 16, and like I said, it doesn't work out when their dreams are shattered, and all of a sudden they're 19 years old, and it's well, what could have been, you know, and their career was done and dusted. So. I think that can benefit them too off the field is, is having them if they want to go to England having them here till 18 till they're officially adults and then they can go off and try their hand and, and see how they get on Yep um, One transfer that may not happen uh, which we talked about last week is former Celtic star Anthony Stokes who was supposed to be and, and we believe he was down at Shamrock Rovers on trial he has a a warrant out for his arrest in Scotland. The striker 32 was due to be sentenced at Hamilton Sh- uh, Sheriff Court for bombarding his ex-girlfriend's father's father's father with offensive text messages. However, Stokes told his lawyer he was undergoing trials at Irish football team Shamrock Rovers and did not return to Scotland. 
Sheriff Alan McCoy issued a warrant for his arrest and said he did not think Stokes would return unless forced to do so by the authorities. This proves to me, without a doubt, that Anthony Stokes still hasn't grown up. No. Like he's 22 years of age and this is an ongoing thing I said last week in September 2019 he was convicted of stalking his ex-girlfriend and a mother and he was given eight months to fair sentence so like now you're saying is that happening with the father too when not, this might sound as a joke but it actually doesn't mean to come out as a joke but it probably explains why he left Scotland he's in such a hurry it's just the one doubt for his arrest and yeah no he was at the game but he's just, I think pictures of him um, wasn't in the squad but he's warm enough you know he had a Shamrock Rovers top on against Strata there warm up for the game so it's, it's obviously something that, that did happen he, he he was in and around Palace Stadium he was in and around the squad but yeah it looked like we said last week no it, 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 it's a no-go and I'm sure this is just to confirm to see everybody that had any sort of you know inkling that oh god it's a bit of a strange decision to make to bring Nancy Stokes in and yeah this is just confirmation for me that you shouldn't touch him you really really shouldn't he's totally to now he hasn't played consistent football in a long time. Best days are behind him. Hopefully, he can sort himself out. You know, you you don't want to kick a man with his down, but you're hoping any issues that you may have off the field do get resolved. But if I'm Sean McLaurin and speaking from a football point of view, no, definitely just get away, get away from that one as soon as you can. Okay, uh, you've got, of course we've got games on at the weekend. There's a, a full calendar of games: Drogheda, Finn, Harps, Derry, Waterford, Bowes, St. Pat's is going to be a. A mouth-watering uh, game at a quarter to eight on Friday. Um, we also have Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk, of course, is on at eight o'clock uh, on Saturday. Longford versus Sligo. And of course, there's a first division, which, I mean, any game in this division is going to be a cracker because you just don't know what's going to happen. And we'll just run through them. Bray versus Cove. Shells versus Cabinteely. Cork versus Treaty. UCD versus Galway. And Wexford versus Athlone. So it is a uh, yeah, full fixture list. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Of course, have a listen to us, the League of Ireland Sports Bar on YouTube. And you can catch it on Facebook, uh, the big kickoff League of Ireland Sports Bar. Join us, send in your questions, send in your topics or debates, whatever you want to talk about. You can join us on the show. You send your email in live. You can actually come on through your webcam and, and discuss whatever it is you want to discuss. Uh, you can look at the uh, website. We're, of course, it's uh, www.thebigkickoff.com. And of course, we're on all social media. Do interact with us. Do, you know, anything that you think that we should bring up, anything that you think that can uh, benefit the league and also anything else uh, across this, the sport and world you can see on thebigkickoff.com. We'll talk to you next week.